As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, welcome into a very special incredibly overwhelming emergency podcast edition of Hear That Podcast. Growlin' Paul Hunter Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here. We are still standing. So many things happened. We couldn't even do emergency pods for each of them. We had to just wait until all of it compiled. I just shut down Twitter here on Friday afternoon as we record so Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock, as I say this into this microphone, is the moment in time where we are taking a look at the news because the news has not stopped unraveling for the last really kind of 24 hours as we've waited on a few pieces mm. to fall, and then it was an avalanche today. It is. I, I kind of joked on Monday. with I had a poll on Twitter asking people if it was the darkest non-January day in Bengal history for them. I, I, I think you could argue that today – is the busiest day in Bengals history. Certainly in the big, busiest off-season day. It's just, you're right, it's been unreal. It's been one thing after another after another. And we're here for all of it. We're here for all of it. Um, here's what I'm going to attempt to do here real quick. I am going to attempt as quickly as I can to summarize the news, and then we will go through and unpack it all. Are you ready, Jay? I am. Okay, here we go. Joe Burrow and all the coaches led an entire massive recruiting function at Jeff Ruby's. They were given cigars and delicious steaks, and Joe Burrow was some version of Jesus Christ. Bobby Hart is now gone. Uh, Ryan Finley is traded to the Houston Texans for what appears to be about 30 picks from 231 to 201 uh, in, in the late ends of this draft. Riley Reef was signed. He was, of course, at the recruiting function. He told us today he's going to play right tackle. He's here for one year in a very manageable $7.5 million figure. That put out tons of tea leaves as we've gathered is what's going to happen next on the offensive line. It could involve still drafting Panay Sewell at five. It could involve him definitely playing guard. Geno Atkins is gone. He was let go. Larry Ogunjobi is here. Turns out Geno Atkins uh, was Ogunjobi's mentor, uh, like very real mentor, shows up the day that Atkins leaves. Kind of sad. Kenny Galladay, he is still hanging out there. The Bengals and that are they've just recruited my Mike Hilton, amongst others, are sending him DMs on Twitter. All of Bengals Nation got 
Gala Day trending nationally yesterday, and there's more news on what we think could happen next with that. Justin Simmons from Denver uh, got an extension, their safety. That sets the Jesse Bates extension market, and there were eight other different news conferences uh, on Friday. Did I, did I get it? Alex did Erickson. It Alex Erickson left last night. Alex Erickson to the Texans. And then I think that covers it. I, that is, it has been a hectic, what is that, 17 hours? Well, we've been tracking Riley Reef, and that has sort of been the big shoe to drop. Everybody has been waiting on over really the last 36 hours as as they put their focus on him. He was really the last big primary target left to get the offensive line ball moving in the right direction. It brought him in for a visit. There was okay. He's here. He's visiting. Is he gonna? Are they gonna convince him? What's gonna happen next? And then. And it turns into this whole, all the guy, new guys are here, and it's this whole big recruiting pitch party at Jeff Ruby's that happened on Thursday night. Let, let's start with Riley Reef, uh, really the big chip here, um, the, the one that we've been waiting for all offseason to figure out how they were going to approach it. It was a rocky road and a, a road that they, they talked about needing patience this week. Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan did as they didn't hit early on in offensive line and had to wait and wait and wait. Um, biggest takeaway for you in finally landing Riley Reef and him playing right tackle with Jonah Williams staying at left tackle. Um, my biggest take is that you kind of mentioned it on an earlier pod that they had to have this. They had to make this happen. They were not the only ones interested I don't know how big of a bidding war it turned into. Um, obviously, it was an advantage having him in town and basically saying, you're not leaving. Uh, Riley said one of the coaches basically told him that, that he was going to stop him. He was not going to let him leave without signing. But that, it, it, I, in my mind, that's a step forward for this organization that has typically set up price on a guy, stuck to it. Um, they realized that he was the last really quality guy – tackle out there they had to have him and they got him they made it happen and they did it in a way I mean all these guys today talked about how much they love Joe Burrow before they met him last night just watching what he did as a rookie um, that is a a huge piece moving forward not just this offseason this offseason is mostly done but when you've got that guy that can bring attract guys to the team and then once they're here go out to dinner and and, and pu- kind of push them over the edge to sign this is it, it's all really encouraging news i know people were, probably would have liked to have had a bigger price tackle but getting riley reef and, and doing it the way they did it it feels like a step forward yeah when we talked about them needing to prioritize and, and, and assure that they could fix this thing as much as the we banged on them rightfully for not being more aggressive early on um, and, and letting some of those pieces go. Kevin Zeitler, Matt Filer, those types of guys in particular. This was really when push came to shove where if they don't do this, you're facing a rookie. You're putting together a rookie line and a couple other of pieces you're not super thrilled about um, or big bigger question marks when it comes to injury history when you're talking about some of the other tackles that were available. This was the last one that as a stop as playing the stopgap path, which is which is where they ended up. Um, 
the the one viable one. You know, there's two words that were used over and over again about Riley Reef in this process and talking to coaches and when you talk to people around the league about him. Stability, consistency. Man, when's the last time you used those two words about anything involving the Bengals offensive line? <laughs> what are the, what's the opposite? Instability, inconsistency would be the two words that you more likely use. And they need that so much. He, he's not going to jump off the page as some incredible, you know, he's, he's not Trent Williams. He's, you know, he, he's not going to be that guy. But he is going to be super solid over there. He's going to be a hardworking veteran guy who's done it at a very consistent quality level for a long time. And you can put him over there and be confident in it and know that it's going to go right. That means a lot in the process of hashtag no donkeys. That's right. Right? Yep. That's what it's about. No donkeys. Get get to average across the line. That's the big most important step with the most value for the Bengals right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it, it was interesting he said that uh Kyle Rudolph was one of the first people that, to reach out to him when he signed and and you know let him know I mean he he had already learned about Cincinnati through his through going to Ruby's on last night and but it is it, it's it, it, I wonder what Bengal fans, what the reaction would have been if they signed Riley Reef to one year, seven and a half million dollars, which is what what it ended up being. If they did that on Monday, would it would people have been upset that they didn't get someone bigger? It, it feels like a huge win right now because they had to have him. It was down to the wire. Um, it, so much of free agency comes down to timing and, and when things happen. Um, I, I am curious what what people would think if if they had if that was the first move out of the gate at noon on Monday if they made this deal what what Twitter what Bengals Twitter would have looked like. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. the The way it goes down often shapes the conversation as it unfolds. But you know, you got to kind of look at it in its totality, which we talked about in the beginning. There was still time. It maybe didn't go well early. And maybe you didn't like the priorities early, but there was still time to plow a new path and find a way. And so let's talk about what that is. I mean, for 2021, let's just strictly start there because that's what it is. One year deal um, at a very reasonable number there. You know, what does it look like? We know Jonah Williams is going to be left tackle and Riley Reef is going to be right tackle. Uh, I think in general, I think that's the way that it's going to be. Probably, I would say almost no matter who they draft. Um there will be a draft pick involved. You can almost guarantee that. I, five taking a, dra- a, a a lineman at five still is absolutely on the table. You know, I think that the, the, what the reef signing does for you there is it opens up your options. You are not locked into that. You you know, if they don't get him, if he goes elsewhere, or opts to retire, or whatever, you know, you, they are sitting there and they they have to. They have to take the best tackle on the board at five because they that guy's got to start day one. He's got to be good enough to do it. In this scenario, sure, absolutely. Another, the more good linemen, the better. Like just put them all up there. He, he, you know, they especially the number of linemen that you would be drafting and the ones you have in house have a lot of flexibility. You know, Reef can play left or right. Jonah can play left, right, guard. Um. And then if you talk about a guy like Panay Sewell or a number of the other guys you would pick can play left, right, guard. You know, you, these guys can play anywhere. Um, it, it, you can trade back. 
And you'd feel there's a lot of guys that are going to be available uh, in the middle of that first round if you wanted to trade back um, and add picks. And you'd feel really comfortable coming in as a as a guard and maybe your tackle of the future. But that is that play is there. Guard of today, tackle of tomorrow. I think that's going to be an important thing for us to talk about as we get into the next level of the, of the draft conversation in forming the line because that you know with this one year deal and, and the guys like that that's how you can assess where they go in the future but man it all of that makes them immediately much better at multiple positions for right now yeah and you mentioned that the, the biggest thing it does is it open it, it not that it was ever closed but it it really opens up that trade possibility because let's say Jamar Chase and even Panay Sewell, even if or Sewell does or doesn't go, but if there's still two of those four to, four quarterbacks left at five, absolutely they're going to be getting all kinds of offers to move back not very far. And there are guys like Slater and Vera Tucker from USC, guys that can come in just like Panay Sewell presumably would play guard for a year, then kick out to tackle. Um, it And what's that? You do that. Depending on how far back you go, you can get another second round pick this year for for a trade of not very far. Um, I, I think that's that's the the biggest ripple effect here is is that it really it, they are so we talk about the the flexibility of the the linemen they have the the flexibility the organization has going into the draft now. Um, I don't know where I'd put the percentage, but I, I think. It's significantly higher today than it was yesterday that they would move back at five if the right offer comes in. All right, let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We do the uh, all 32 insiders for us mock draft event with trades are featured for the first time. It's going to be coming out next week. We went through it. Um, yesterday, and let me just tell you, spoiler alert, uh, four quarterbacks off the top, mm. multiple trade-ups. I-, I had a deal with New England. My guy Jeff in New England was going to come up to five. We had it set in stone. I was going to get New England's 15, 46, and a first round next year, and then I was going to give up five and a fourth rounder this year, and so you're there was going to be a, and, and go back to fifteen. I'm thinking this is the most perfect trade ever, but he got outbid going in front of the Bengals with the Dolphins moving back, Atlanta taking the quarterback. You know stuff like the, these guys, these teams are are pinpointing their quarterbacks now. Trey Lance is a hot name in the mix, especially when you look at New England. New England is one that when that happened, New England, Denver are both going to be looking for ways to bid and move up, especially with Atlanta looking to take a quarterback. There's just a lot of chance to potentially move back, so keep an eye on Denver at 9. New England at 15 if you're talking about that. Or 
having your choice of every non-quarterback in the draft available to get the number one guy on your board, essentially. And so, you know, that's really interesting. The other thing about um, a guy, you know, a guy like Sewell, if he's there at five and you take him, you know, he's he is your tackle of the future. He's also your third tackle of today. <laughs> the 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 swing tackle position also concerning you still have no answers there but to have a guy who can come in and do any of that you know and and this is again this is this is march this is a rough draft things change Sewell gets in and he's just a dominant wrecker or or whoever they were to take if a second round guy comes in, it's just, it, you know what? Put we're going to put him at tackle right now. He's he's too good. He needs to be whatever. Things can change. Injuries can happen. So much can occur. But the what you can have with somebody like that, it, where in its best form, maybe he's inside. But it, it, you know the the backups at other position, all of that plays out really, really, really well to still do uh, alignment at the top, or like you said, go different directions. Um, whether it's the receiver, which is that is still out there a, as a spot. And, you know, the, the scenario you mentioned where if Sewell is just coming in and wrecking and they put him at tackle, I know we just met him for 15 minutes over Zoom, but Riley Reef does not strike me as a guy that's going to throw a stink. He said, I'll play guard. I'll play wherever they want me to play. He's he's a veteran in the league. Um, he, he's, he came out and said it. He's, he's not a guy that's going to rock the boat if they – do agree to do that. And so it's just another another reason why he is a, a really good fit. You sometimes you get guys that have been in the league for 10 years playing a position and they're they're not gonna look too favorably on moving positions and could possibly be a, a problem in the locker room. That's not gonna be the case with Riley Reif. I Reef, I can say that just from meeting him, as I said, very quickly today. Yeah, a lot of stuff. So, so here's how this goes down. So, Riley Reef was available, and the Bengals aggressively. He called it. Uh, his his said his agent told him they these guys are persistent, <laughs> <laughs> and they were really interested. And, and then they they lined up the visit. Well, you had uh, Chidobeo Awuzie, uh coming into town along with Trey Hendrickson and Mike Hilton. Them, their families, basically, were all coming into town to sign uh, and then go out to dinner at the precinct. And, well, Reef was on a recruiting visit. You know, they kind of talked about it. This was basically like one big recruiting visit. You know, like the old days, like a couple guys are signed. They're trying to convince the guy who's not signed to come along with them. And it's this whole thing. In the middle of all this, it, it's always important to keep a, a look at the people that are there in these situations critical junctures putting your best step forward organizationally Joe Burrow Sam Hubbard this is your core people we've been telling you this those two guys their friend we, we talked about their friendship when they were trying to sign Burrow when they were doing that it was the idea that these two guys are everything we believe in and these are our core guys of who we want to be as the Cincinnati Bengals going forward into the future we love everything about them on, off the field. They epitomize us. That has been the case in the locker room, in the way they play, whether it's effort, whether it's work, whether it's attention to detail, that do everything right. That's why those are the two guys that they put out there. 
And that's why Sam Hubbard's going to get an extension. And that's why Joe Burrow is going to get all the monies at some point. But at this point, they have lead, they're lead, they, in this event here, it's so obvious. There was, I mean, there was, I think it was Mike Hilton even said, there's just an aura around Burrow when he walks in the room, right? Like he's, he, he's, he is there and he's why everyone else is there. Now, in the past, in Cincinnati, people would walk in and say, there's AJ Green. There's Geno Adkins. That, oh, that's, that, that's the Bengals. That's why you come if you come here. That's the core of who you are, right? They're gone. Both of them move on this week. A.J. Green now in Arizona. Geno Atkins let go today. This is Joe Burrow. This is Joe Burrow, the reason that everybody comes here, the reason that everything is built around. And last year was the start of the Joe Burrow era. This, is, this was the full indoctrination. This was knighthood, right? <laughs> everybody that walks in is is excited about the possibilities of that guy, drawn to who he is as a person, drawn to the way he acts. It's official now. Like, he's the reason for everything that's happening. And certainly that was never more clear. And not that we didn't know that, but it was when you take the other veteran pieces out of the way, when you clear the curtains on that, there he is. There's the guy. And that's why everybody was there at Ruby's and 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 why Riley Reef is here too. Because it is what Joe Burrow is about. We Brian Callahan mentioned this today. They all saw what he did at LSU. The, the whole world was watching. They, they know who he is as a player. But Brian talked about how the first minute he met him, he knew how special he was. And, and we were kind of the same way. You're, you, you'd heard interviews before and you'd seen him. And, and then our first Zoom call with him after the draft, you just – He's just got that presence about him that is so impressive, and you can you can see why him being there. Just forget about how good he is on the field. Just you know that guy when he shows up at that dinner. That those guys, Riley Reef, a ten year veteran, and he's he's that impressed and struck with with Burrow's not a rookie anymore, but a young guy like that. It's just it really is remarkable. Everything. Being voted a captain as a rookie, everything that he's done, it, it just he just you said it, and he has an aura about him, and it it just it feels like this is the start. Who knows what free agency next year will look like? But we've talked in the past about can they get guys to come here? That is not going to be a question anymore as long as that guy is playing quarterback. And they win games this year. And they win, <laughs> which you would think would <laughs> go hand part. in hand, right? You need it to. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Riley Reese said basically. I wanted to sign right after I met those guys mm-hmm. like that. You know, there was business to be done the next morning um, and they did and they agreed to it. Um, but, you know, it was it was kind of sold that night. Um, OK, so Riley Reef signs. That means Bobby Hart was let go. A move that we've been telling you was going to happen forever. Again, it goes back to that one up, one down was going to be a part of this equation on the timing. That proved to be the case with Bobby Hart uh, clears that six mil. Uh, off the cap that you were anticipating. Same thing happens uh, with the arrival of Larry Ogunjobi, uh, who you know played a lot of nose guard in his time. I mean, he was uh, worked the inside of the line a little bit of both. He, he is brought in here to be the three technique, and I think there's a thought that they could be kind of unlocking 
him a little bit by putting him almost strictly in that three technique position next to DJ Reader, who's more of the run stopper. We'll see if that's the case. I mean, he he performed okay uh, for for Cleveland, but you know, there's a thought maybe he was a little bit more out of position there, and and. And this is a little bit more when you look at the way he played at three technique when given the chance there where he can be more disruptive and be more of a pass rusher. So they, they gave him a pretty good deal. I mean, I believe it was six and a half. And so that's that's saying we you are a guy. So with that, the Geno Atkins release happens. And, you know, that was one that the writing has been on the wall for this for a while, but it was a matter of getting their guy and putting one up and one down. Um, and so they do that, and that clears nine and a half million dollars off the cap. So they they get younger, and you know I would argue better, <laughs> significantly at both positions and for less money. Um, no brainer type moves, and ones that only make you a more efficient, effective team in the long run. And the the departures, I think, I the every whipping boy that has been on this roster has left in the last 24 hours. Randy Bullock, D- Detroit, Alex Erickson, Houston, Bobby Hart cut, and uh, Ryan Finley traded. I mean, I think I think <laughs> Bengals fans are going to be as, as happy about that as they are these additions. It's just uh, the, the, the Ogan Joby, I, I, I thought he was a good fit early on in this, and I, I think that is going to be a very, very underrated signing. Because if, if you get Trey Hendrickson and, and Sam Hubbard pushing the edge and then presumably an, another edge rusher in the, in the third round or whatever, and then you've got that guy coming up the middle. It's just – it's everything they talked about, guys that rush can rush and guys that can cover. And they load up with D linemen. They load up with cornerbacks before they even go after the tackle. Um, may not have been the way they drew it up, but you know Brian Callahan kind of used the analogy of it's like when you create a game plan going into a game, you think you know how it's going to play out. It doesn't always play out that way, and you have to adjust. And everything that happened today kind of feels like a things went the other way. They figured it out, and it was a two-minute drill for a touchdown at the end of the game. Yep. And we are going to have more insight into uh, these guys, all the guys that they have signed in free agency in Tuesday's pod. So make sure you're checking back for that. We're going to go a lot deeper uh, into those guys. We're just kind of ticking through the news right now and trying to give you the emergency pod unpack. But keep coming back for more of the deep dive stuff. You know we've always got that for you. Um, So Gino leaves. I don't know where he'll end up. We'll see uh, who's going to give him uh, a chance. You know, we it was a storyline we talked a lot about. Um and so I don't I don't wanna overdo it here, but you know, the same way we talk about AJ Green, I mean, this guy is a face of the franchise for the last decade. He was at the core of the most successful run in franchise history in terms of wins for that five year streak. He has Maybe he has two of the most, I don't know, maybe one, maybe the most. You have to really get two of the most dominant seasons by a defensive tackle of his generation, somebody not named Aaron Donald, um, in 2012 and 2015, where he was he was a game wreck. He was the defense. He was the wrecker. Uh, and, and, and were big reasons why those teams won as many games as they did. His totality, you know, is going to put him on the fringe of the hall conversation. 
I wrote about this and, and talked to some people who were in the Hall from that position a few years ago. There's only, there's, there's only three defensive tackles in the Hall of Fame, okay? So, you know, you're talking about Cortez Kennedy, John Randall, and Warren Sapp. The end. From a modern era. And that may be changing a little bit. There's been a lot of really good ones here, but it takes a lot. And, you know, 75 and a half sacks – no playoff. If they, it's the same conversation with AJ Green. If there had been a playoff run, if there was a little bit more, if one more great season, you'd say Hall. You know, he, he's. You can still. I think he'll get. He'll be in the twenty-five finalists. He'll be heard in the room. I don't know if he's he's in yet. And and uh, but you know, but that doesn't change. Best value draft pick of all time. Best defensive draft pick of all time for the Bengals. I would say both of those confidently. Yeah, and, I, and it, it's going to depend where he goes. That's going to be really interesting to see because if he goes somewhere where he can win this year, and he, he's not he's not going to be peak Geno ever again, but he's not going to be twenty twenty Geno either. That that the, the shoulder was a big thing, and he, he got it repaired. And if if he signs a, a team friendly deal somewhere and goes, he he can be a guy that they can get a handful of sacks. Then over the next couple of years and win some playoff games, depending where he goes, maybe go to a Super Bowl. That that would really elevate his chances to to get in the hall. But you're right as far as best defensive player, best defensive draft pick in Bengals history, best value. I mean, fourth round, he kind of started it. I, I really Domitas started it, but he was on the front edge of that where the, this this team is really kind of. That's their sweet spot. Defensive lineman, middle rounds, and he epitomized that. And really, I he was so quiet that with everything, with media, he didn't do commercials. He, he just wasn't out there. But he, I, I think he still might have one of the the biggest moments in Paul Brown Stadium history. That, <laughs> that, that when he just blasted Carson Palmer in the first quarter of Carson's first game back here as quarterback, that was one of – you talked about the the touchdown um, AJ caught in the playoff game where you thought they were going to win at Pittsburgh. That was the loudest I think we've ever heard. But that that sack on Carson was right up there. Yeah, no, oh, no doubt, legendary moments yep. for for Gino and you know those 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 seasons when he was in the groove, uh, he was just unstoppable, and you knew every game he was going to destroy everything in his path and blow up the other team's game plan. You know he hasn't been that guy as much lately, but you know again. Hoping to follow that Andrew Whitworth model of maybe a playoff run and some effective seasons that can give him a little more shine and help push him over the top to maybe get into Canton one day. Certainly hope the best for Gino um, and wherever he lands. All right, we're going through. See, so yeah, Ryan Finley was traded. You know, pretty easy to put that one in. They were going to release him. It's one of these releases, and the team realizes they're not going to get him that wants to get him, and so they trade him for. A few spots, so uh, they're going to move up thirty spots in the back of this draft. If that does anything for you, uh, to basically give them another sixth round pick, um, and there was much rejoicing. Yay! So, but they get, but you know, Ryan Finley. Uh, you know, when you when you when you know Brandon Allen's your backup, and, and the third guy is going to be a developmental guy. And if you're done developmentaling, <laughs> Ryan Finley, and I think the writing was on the wall that they kind of have moved on from that you do move on from that and you get an undrafted guy to develop the next Jake Dolagala, if you will, uh, and and see if you can make that work for him. All right, let's just take a quick break. 
Kenny Galladay, um, who the Bengals found themselves in the mix with this week, um, where you know his agent trying to drum up interest as the wide receiver market cratered, and you know you've seen these contracts that have come out on all these receivers and you know, all these one-year deals, you know, eight, seven, six mil, nine, five. Like that's, I think Corey Davis went early and had the most as far as cash out for like 14, but most of them in that high single digits. Um, and Kenny Galladay hanging out there. And so his agent's trying to drum up interest and, and contacts the Bengals. And, you know, hey, you got an open spot, play for one year, Joe Burrow toss some balls, you know, how about, how's that sound? Then, then my guy hits the market next year when there's more money out there from these insane TV deals with the league now raking in 10 plus billion dollars a year. They almost doubled their TV deals. So, you know, the idea being that this could be a good spot, but he's going to go visit the Giants who have had the most interest. Um, you know, the, the the Ravens jump in the mix there. When the process of that, Bengals fans, God bless them, got real excited. Gala Day, which, by the way, is a great hashtag. It is. Has, I'll give it to you. Gala Day, and then it just kept becoming a thing, and then a more of a thing. Next thing you know, it was like the number one trending hashtag in the country. <laughs> <laughs> His Bengals fans just selling out, and Mike Hilton says he's DMing Galladay, trying to get him to come. There's a couple of things here, and and let's bring it back to reality. That was very fun, fun for Bengals fans. Okay, I hope everyone should enjoy it. This is the fun part of free agency. We used to joke about how the Bengals fans never get all the fun stuff, like the good picks and free agency and winning in the playoffs, like. They get all the bad, all that, that stuff's got always been taken off the board for them. Well, they're in the middle, they're having fun with it. I love it. It's fun to watch. I'm glad everybody's enjoying it. Back to reality now. Yeah. Uh, why has Kenny Galladay's market cratered? Right? I mean, this is a question. The language out there about him, all these other deals with everybody else are getting done. And again, we're speaking at this particular moment. You know, he's still meeting with the Giants. Why did it end up here? Why 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 is interest need to be drummed up? You know, I think that to me, Jay, that's some of the questions that you got to start to ask yourself about this. Yeah, and you know, obviously, we're not privy to those conversations, but there's there, he did he only played five games last year, so you know, maybe there's some some lingering issue injury wise, or you know, maybe there's there's something else that is is slowing down this process, but it is surprising when you've got multiple teams in and he's still kind of lingering out there. Um, I don't know. It, it, it just feels there's something there that, that maybe is, is giving teams pause. Um, certainly not his play on the field. He, he's been terrific. And, and Brian Callahan talked, Brian Callahan was in Detroit when, when they drafted Kenny Galladay and he said, what that guy's done has far exceeded the expectations they had for him. So it's it's not what he's done on the field, but w- whatever it is, it's 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 causing people to or causing teams to think twice. Um, and he he could end up getting through this weekend and and still be looking for a new home. It's just it's it's gone a lot slower than I think a lot of people expected. 
the markets for middle guys like Keelan Cole and Kendrick Bourne have been more active mm-hmm. than Galladay. And the hip, I mean, you have to start. I mean, hip injuries, you know, missing all that season. Could he have come back? Is is all part of it, you know? Look, if, if you're if you're talking about, you know, what that means, I I don't I don't see Kenny Galladay landing here. No. I, I mean, and I think the reef piece was the more important is was always the focus was always the more important piece, um, and so I, I just think there's a, a lot of other directions that that they can go, um, in filling that receiver spot. I, I don't th- I don't think Galladay will be one of them, but you know, there's just. You know, you got to wonder. We'll we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe as you're listening to this, we already know how it unfolded. We're just at one moment in time, but you know, the, consider the fact that there's a lot not happening uh, out there around him and his market. Uh, so we'll we'll see how it all unfolds. And I mean, there's still other good receivers out there, and there's a ton of them in the in the draft. So it's just everything is working against that guy right now. You don't know if it's his contract demands or too high or what it is, but um, yeah, it's he is in a as most receivers are in just an unfortunate circumstance where, as you said, it, the, the the entire market is just cratered. Yeah, and I think a question was asked, uh, maybe does that, I don't even I don't remember, but it, the question was asked during the press conference about can, can you expect a rookie to come in and. You know, get you seven hundred yards and and this many. T Higgins just did it, right. <laughs> and a lot of guys just did it. Um, you know, the, the question being about is it more likely for that to happen? Absolutely. Look at the last few years. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you if you told me that you could have a clone of T Higgins as your third receiver this year, you would love that. You know, a second round guy with a lot of upside that can come in and make. I mean, look at them. Look around the league. There's so many of those types of guys uh, that make sense, and you can probably still get when this when this wide receiver market craters out even more over the next couple of weeks. There's gonna be some names you know with some real resumes sitting there signing two million dollar deals. Yeah, and that's gonna be a thing. As great as T. Higgins' season was, what what was he last year? Third or fourth best rookie wide receiver? I mean, Third, there was yeah. yeah a lot of so you. It, the Brian Callahan talked about it. The, these seven on seven camps, the way the college game is now, those guys they come in, they are plug and play, and there is a lot of them on the way in this year in this year's draft. Yep, and so that's a part of this as well. That that'll be kind of one of the last pieces as we continue to watch how that plays out. Um, okay, uh, Justin Simmons, Denver's star safety, reset the safety market uh, up for safety up over fifteen million. So I made sure to at Bengals and at JLB33 on that uh, subtweet. Uh, that will be basically uh, – they should probably just take that, copy and paste, change out the names and the teams, and that's probably where you end up with, with Jesse uh, when they start talking uh, in, in the fall. I'm trying to figure out what happens next there. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is surprisingly going back to Pittsburgh. Corvette, Corvette. So Bengals fans, I'm sure, like that. I think they really enjoyed picking on Juju a little bit last year. Von Bell certainly did. Uh, so the Steelers better themselves a little bit. And we had to sift through eight news conferences, Jay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Not sit through like in a bad way. It was just There's- from 930 to 1230. It was just like a new person kept sitting down in the chair. And they were all great. 
Like some, yeah. sometimes these guys, you got to pull stuff out of them. But um, all the new signings were great. And, and then we got to talk to Lou Anarumo and Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan. Um, very, very busy day. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot to take in, a lot to digest. Um, you, you, you heard it at the opening of the show when Paul ran down all the news, uh, all that stuff happening. And you can imagine all these guys being asked about those things. Uh, we, we've got a lot of information to get to you. Yeah. Lot to unpack. Um, so we'll keep on it. Biggest winner of the day. Jeff Ruby. If it, w- I mean, the more, I mean, as if he wasn't already the winner. <laughs> but how much damn free publicity does one man need? <laughs> I mean, I mean, all it is is, oh, Jeff Ruby's the greatest steak I've ever had, and the free cigars, and I love this place. This is what Cincinnati's all about. Jeff Ruby. I mean, every single guy that sat. There, look, the precinct's incredible. I would love for us to have a sponsorship, Jeff, if you're listening. Uh, I'm happy to do any shows from there that you need. Uh, and I'm probably so hungry hearing about it, that I'm probably going to stop in sometime this week and just see what I can get. Uh, but, man, do we got to keep feeding just the the compliments. Sorry, it was just big win for Jeff Ruby today. Yeah, maybe if you're really happy that Riley Reef is here, maybe you should thank Jeff Ruby. He, he Riley said that he gave him one cigar and said he'd give him a whole box if he signed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love it. All right, so a fun day, a fun week. I hope Bengals fans, man, the roller coaster of I'm in a glass case of emotion. I hope I hope Bengals fans have 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 enjoyed the roller coaster. Didn't find it too nauseating. There's not too much vomit on the floor. You walked off it okay. Jay didn't throw any salt in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> old school reference there for you, Jay. Very old. <laughs> I'm a much nicer uh, person now. And <laughs> technically it wasn't me. It was just I was an accomplice. That's all that matters. You were an accomplice. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I hope I, – so I hope everybody has enjoyed this week and uh, – it's been fun and very busy, and I look forward to drinking some beer this weekend whenever I finish this story because Jay and I still have a lot of work to do so that we can feed you guys all weekend. What we believe every day is the equivalent of a Jeff Ruby steak for $1 per month. Good. I mean, how's that? That's perfect segue. Yeah. <laughs> Our deal is still going on through April 5th, $1 per month. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. If you have, if you want to get in the discount that we have running now, it, this is it's, do it now. This is the time to do it. Go and click on any of our stories. Uh, we'll have stories up on Burrow and his recruitment of all these guys. Uh, we Jay will have stuff. We'll have stuff on the offensive line that's up there. There's there's things on Gino and Riley Reef on the site as well. All of this stuff plus all of our insights. We have our our real time stuff that's always buzzing you with all the news as it goes by. Man, there's a lot of action going on. The NCAA tournament's going on. Of course, we've got you covered everywhere with everything happening in Indianapolis. Trent on all the Reds action. His spring training just two weeks away. Justin Williams just had one of the best freaking stories you will read all year. In Totally inside everything that went down with UC, John Brandon, and the rift between the players and everyone entering the transfer portal. It just must reading if you even are remotely interested in UC athletics and UC basketball. All of that. 
$1 per month. Uh, so go go click on the links. Uh, we've got that stuff going for you now. All right. this Thus ends the emergency podcast experience. For the last week and a half, we've been, re- been reactive. We're getting back to proactive next week. So we'll be back on Tuesday. Like I said, really excited about what we're going to have next for you, deep diving into these free agent signings, and then we'll start going hard in towards the draft. Uh, so look for that. going to be a big, fun show on Tuesday. All right. Did we do it all, Jay? Did we get to it all? I think we did. Hey, well, you got GM Paul coming up next week, too, with the mock draft. I tried. I tried to be Wheeler Dealer, folks. I did. I did my best. Uh, it, it all fell apart. That's the only. That's. But everybody, look out for that. Yeah, mock draft coming out on Tuesday. You can see how it officially un, uh, played out. Even though I kind of spoil alerted that a little bit. No, you didn't uh, say who you picked. That's true. That's true. You got your pick up still any non quarterback. Any non quarterback was on the board for me. And you can find out who it was. After the break. For one dollar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we will talk to you on Tuesday. Have a good one.